In a previous episode, we talked about how you, as the DM, can speed up combat. But what about the players? How can you help speed combat up? We're talking five ways players can streamline combat this week on the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Bill. Hey, Scott. Hi, Lou. <laughs> Lou, have you done something different with your hair? You look amazing. Oh, wait, I know what it is. You have some. Yeah. He stopped coloring it. <laughs> he stopped it's coloring its natural it. color. Yeah, there's no longer the gray streaks on the side. Now he's just a silver fox going, man. I, it's all gray now. And, and, it, and it's got like this this windblown, I've just stuck my head out the window on the way over look. I did. I like it. I all like right, it. It's all right, good. just woke up. Yeah. <laughs> that well, one too. That's probably what it really <laughs> is, but I'm just trying to, you know, give him the benefit of a doubt. Don't be jealous. I just. I would love to be able to nap at work like you do. I hope nobody. I was talking about the hair. Oh, (laughs) you know, so we've both been so bald for so long that it just doesn't bother us anymore. (laughs) It doesn't. Ah. Besides, I'm pretty sure I have more hair on my back than you have in your head. Well, you can keep it there. (laughs) Keeps me warm in the winter. (laughs) I don't need a sweater. But boy, getting him beach ready is a process. <laughs> There's not enough wax in the state. That's <laughs> it's a weed whacker. All right, so <laughs> we're talking about combat again, speeding up combat specifically. Now, we talked about how DMs can speed combat up, and I think that's really important too, right? Mm-hmm. And we as we as DMs really should should keep it up and keep that um, keep that flow going. But it's just not the responsibility of the DM. Sure, I mean, they do a huge part, but but players can help the process along by just doing a few small things. Now, we've got a short list of things for you, the player. So this is for you guys. That you can do to move the process along and make combat quicker, and I think you'll find it's a little more engaging. That's nice. But how about if we... Delve into something else for a moment. Let's talk about giving stuff away. Yahoo. Epic. Epic giveaways. In celebration of one year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four Crown Royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerdarchies, Out-of-the-Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rad Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. We realize we may have asked a lot of you initially, so here's the new and improved way to enter the epic giveaway. 
simply go to the dungeonmastersdojo.com, our home on the web, and send us a message. You will automatically be entered into the giveaway for a chance to win. After we receive 500 messages, we will draw one lucky winner. We'll see you next time in the dojo. And we're back. <laughs> I forgot which buttons again. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like the fact that he's giving an epic signal. Yeah, epic I, signal that you missed I, last episode. I blew my shoulder out <laughs> giving his, the epic and you, signal. He didn't even look. He was looking. He, he didn't was, even didn't even look to see the epic he signal. Was, he was acting like a damn child. <laughs> is what he was doing. Well, that's yeah. what you get. <laughs> Players, they can streamline combat too. <laughs> What's the a- matter with you? Oh, you okay, buddy? I was just reading something. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I made a slight edit. <laughs> oh, that was you? <laughs> I blame that on Lou. <laughs> he was done editing one of our talking points. I added a little something. I'll, I'll erase that. There we go. Yeah. Let's do this. Okay, that there. can't go that, on. There. Yeah, I know. Really just, <laughs> sorry to catch you on unawares there, Lou. Oh, I thought I was going to pass out for a second. <laughs> I would have had to have begun CPR. That would have been awkward next time we got together to... Uh, Nah, I just would have bared one of these power wires and poked, poked him a few times. No stranger to electricity going through his nipples. <laughs> Lewis would be fine. There you go. What? <laughs> All right. There we go. And moving on. And moving yeah, on. Before we move into other podcast territory, let's... <laughs> How can a player help to streamline combat? Isn't that the job of the game master as referee and, and, and story presenter? How I yes, how could I as but, a player possibly streamline combat? Oh well, we're going to tell you. Oh, I would like to know. Inquiring minds know. like to know. Know your character. There you go. For Christ's sake, know your character. There's no time to be buried in a book, trying to figure out what your character can do. You should already know what your character can do. So, what happens if I'm playing a character for the first time? If you're playing a character for the first time. You should have had gotten your character or developed your character at a session zero and then had at least a week to take a look at your character. Thank you. And not wait till you come back to the gaming session going, oh, yeah, this is the one you gave me last week. Is it? What was his name? Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what, what class am I? Yeah. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Or don't play a class you never played before for the first time at the first session. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, everybody wants to kind of step into unfamiliar territory, but at least read it. Yeah, you should really and and talk to other players that have played that class before, that right. you know, that race, whatever. Um, just to just kind of get an idea, you know, pay attention when they, you know, when they played their sorcerer, or their warlock, or um, their their ranger, or whatever. But know your character. Well, in in still in using knowing your character, a lot of times I'll make a little cheat sheet. Um, which I'll have my my average damage for my weapons. It'll have my armor class. I'll have my hit points. You know the the high points that you're going to need. My perception perception is probably the one that's asked for the most often. Um, athletics, acro- your acrobatics, your saves. There's just a few little numbers you can put on this this one little sheet so you're not going, where on my character sheet is it again? 
or because they say with some new players, they may not be familiar with the layout of the character sheet or you're handing a pre-gen and the game master wanted to use this beautiful new character sheet that he likes that you don't know. So find them, make a quick little cheat sheet while you're, you're setting up and, and, but take the time ahead of time to know your character. And not only that, that's what, We've done on our table a couple times is for like newer players. We gave them a cheat sheet with the dice, what needs to be rolled with when, just to yeah. speed it up. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that helps. Like, and if it is a brand new character, this doesn't necessarily apply to them, right? Or a brand yeah. new player, I should say, not a character, right, but brand a brand new, new player. player. Someone who's brand new to fifth edition, brand new to D&D, brand new to tabletop, really doesn't apply. No, it doesn't. Cause, and you, you know that going in. You know that yeah. they're going to be searching for stuff, so you do what you can. Like, like Lou just said, we've actually taken a piece of paper and put a picture of each die and then a description, a D20, D8. I mean, so you can actually take the die, match it to the picture, and you right in front of their character sheet so they always know where to find it. And eventually, and usually pretty quickly, they learn which one's which. The little cheat sheet like that, which is what I've, I've mentioned on a quick tip way back when about player character placards that you put out in front of your character that has the information on the front that everyone can see with the name, a description, and the stuff that someone just meeting you would immediately recognize. You know, armor, weapons, stuff like yep. that. Or sometimes put a picture on Character there. portrait. The stuff on the back is all your cheat sheet with your saves and your your primary weapons and your hit points, your AC that's on the back. So you don't have to keep looking. It's right there in front of you. And then when you want to start searching for a particular skill, then you go to your character sheet. Yeah, and, and those those uh, those placards that, that sit right in front of you, mm-hmm. super convenient. Yep. It, it touches all the high points. And uh, you just have to, you know, hunt for spells or any special abilities. And something as simple as a highlighter mm-hmm. or designing your own uh, character sheet. Right. Um, I, I did that throughout all of, like, second edition. I had, I had my character sheet set up so I knew exactly what was where. And I had all of my most used information right up there because it, was, it, it is important to know your character. Right. Or our buddy Todd did that with every character sheet, every character we yep. ever gave him, he laid it out in the way he wanted it laid out. Didn't change any information, obviously, yep. but this is the, the, the layout that he's used forever. And he just transcribed it over yeah. to there. And that way he knew where to find everything. And that's fine to do. Absolutely. This also- drives me nuts. This <laughs> next one drives me absolutely fucking nuts. Yes. Be motivated to help the DM such as by being the initiative tracker. I was talking about the second one. Oh, did I jump ahead? Oh. I was oh. confused, too. See, he, I, I forgot to press buttons. He forgot to look at the numbers. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> Boy, we're blowing the dust off of this podcasting thing. Huh? Yeah, well, you know, it can't run smooth every time. Every once in a while, there's going to be a few potholes in the road. There's going to be a little rattle. you got to go to the mechanic, get it taken looked at, and then everything's all perfectly fine. So, all right, number two. You ready when it's your turn? <laughs> yeah, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it just I, it aggravates the crap out of me when you have six people at the table and you go to number four and each and every time he's so busy in watching what's going, everyone else is doing, isn't paying attention to what he needs to be doing next. Yep. And it's like, oh, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to cast a spell. What spell? Uh, hey, let me look and see what I have. Yeah, do you have um, 
you have the player's handbook with you, Lou. Yep. I've got mine. Um, and now you're now you're flipping through pages, mm-hmm. um, or you're. Sometimes this will happen to me. Um, like I want my barbarian to be able to jump high because in first edition, <laughs> that's what they were <laughs> able to do. Um, so you get your additions uh, kind of messed up. Or you have no idea what is going on because you were too busy texting your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, um, you know, looking at stuff online. Ordering your pizza that's going to be shown, not show up for another 45 minutes, but yeah. you're, instead of doing it before the game, you're, oh, I'm going to go on the Caesars app because it's just down the road and I'm going to order my pizza. Yeah, be ready. Yeah. And for everything, too. I mean, not uh, just. Well, yeah. You should be watching what's going on the table, yes, because you need to react to what's happening on the table. But you should be formulating a plan in your head. And as it gets closer to your initiative, you know it's going to be your turn. It's not a surprise. So decide ahead of time. Right? I, I was going to do you know, an attack, or I was going to do a spell, or I was going to move. I was going to dodge because that thing's bigger than me, and it's going to hurt if it hits me. So I want to increase my AC. Uh, just figure it out ahead of time. So when it's got, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And way back when we used to do a lot is, um, what were your intents? So we go around one, what did you, you know, what, what do you plan on doing? And then you come back around and now the situation has changed because someone else did something unusual. Oh no, you intended to do this. Um, that became very cumbersome. Yes. Very cumbersome, but it, forced people to think a few moves ahead of time. Now, did it make them overly cautious? Probably. Probably. Even with your veteran players. Or you developed a way to be ambiguous enough in your description of what you were going to do so you had a little wiggle room. (laughs) Yeah, you you develop lawyers speak. Yes. but So you do away with that. But you know your turn's coming around. Don't wait till it's your turn to try to figure out what you're going to do. You know, and I think one thing that goes hand in hand with this, like we have we have um, a table full of adults, right? So this qualifies for us. Um, if if you know your mental faculties begin to wane after X number of beers <laughs> or cocktails, don't drink that much. Have have a beer, or and have then, a water, or have a again. water. You know. Um, but don't get yourself all all dipsy doodle on you know a couple cocktails or a couple beers too many um because that's you know you lose your you you lose your place in line <laughs> right and now everybody's irritated the dm's irritated so you know p- pull that back a little bit i know i know a lot of grown ups that like to have have a few drinks at at the D and D table, and that's fine. If you're like legal drinking age, then good for you. But just you know, know know when to know well, when to call it quits. It helps you be respectful to not only the game master who's running it, but your fellow players yeah. as well. You know, and doing the well, I I'm perfectly fine because just like driving, I know my limitations. Yes, <laughs> and I'm a better gamer when I when I've tied a good one on because I can I can role play better. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you become an asshole better, but no, be ready. Be ready. All right. Do you want to do this one again? 
Phil, because you were on a roll. There you go. Deja vu all over again. Be motivated to help the DM, such as being the initiative tracker. Yeah. Um, Marcus does that. Usually, yeah. He's very yeah. good at it, too. He he tracks initiative. Tracking initiative is 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 a pain when you're running the um um well the, the rolling every round or rolling every yeah, couple or something you know it, or even if you just roll once until the end of that combat you're managing but, monsters yeah um you're managing descriptions you're managing you're managing the entire world and the universe managing initiative is is a pain in the butt there there's other ways you can help your 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 DM out with streamlining too I, tracking initiatives a big 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 it's big a big one. help because like you said the game master has so many other things and so many other numbers in their head trying to remember who's next if you're not just using the round robin method where it just start here go around the table if you're not using that which is relatively easy because uh, you just put a token out in front of you pointing at the next person for the next round jared would come up with a a plan for the um <laughs> for like for the party the group Yep. Whenever, whenever there was combat, and uh, I think this is why, I think this is why they took down my big bad monster so quick, like in less than a full <laughs> round, uh, because Jared would, Jared would uh, be like, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this," and then they go in, in into combat. Everybody was organized, so they knew what was going on. It was almost like uh, Jared. Jared's character was holding everybody's hand while they crossed the street to make sure no one got hit by a car. <laughs> and and it made it, I mean, it made it a little too smooth, in my opinion. <laughs> because because mowed, my awesome down your Yeah, bag. my awesome mini that I couldn't wait to bust out um was useless <laughs> for the rest of rest of the week. It's on the table for one I minute and forty five seconds. Yeah, I didn't even get to squash anyone with it, which which sucked, but that that that's a big that's a big help in in streamlining things. It is, it is, you know. And an initiative can become, I don't want to say problematic, but it, it can become problematic. It's it's a lot of yeah. It's Just trying lot. to keep track of it. It's like all right, who who was next? You know, because they say you're also keeping track of your initiative on your monsters as well. You also have time limits on spells you're trying to keep track of. Now, granted, your players should be doing it for you. But as a game master, you know you're going to be doing it as well because, you know, that's what game masters do. But you have all these numbers in your head. It's really easy to kind of lose your place a little bit. I think the other thing that uh, will help is, um, I, hypothetically, if we have somebody sitting that's newer to the game next to Bill or somebody else, instead of having them direct all the questions to the DM, have them direct questions to the more experienced players. Yeah, a coach. Yep. Yep. We've actually done that yep. a few times. Quite a few times. Yep. Where we've we've instead of the game master, we've had a player, a veteran player would become the coach for the new player, and it's like, all right, lean over and whisper, all right, what's this and what's that? And, all right, maybe you should do that instead, and, you know, and just kind of help direct their character. Or here's so like, how this works. Or yeah. these are the dice you're going to need next. Yeah, they're not playing the character for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're doing it correctly, but they're 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 coaching. They're saying, all right, here's your options. Pick yes. which one you want. And that does help move things along so it doesn't stall things out. But be very selective on who you park the new player with because you don't want them to pick up bad habits, right? No. You oh, oh, please, please do tell. What instance could you possibly think of? 
I can't I, I, I can't. I, actually, I can't recall a new player. Kenny. Kenny was. Kenny close, was. Yeah. Kenny was. Well, he was a player that played way to, back when and didn't play yeah. for quite some time. He came back into it and kind of just didn't really recall a lot of stuff because he wasn't all that deep into it. He only played like maybe two, three years initially, so he didn't have it ingrained into the his DNA like most of us. Nevitz was another one that was similar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Nevitz the Mage. Yep. Um, that's his name, Nevitz the Mage. Like the player's name, so you know. <laughs> that's commitment, people. There you go. Okay, that's commitment. I have legally changed my name to Nevitz the that's, Mage. That's what his parents named him. <laughs> Diehard gamers they were. <laughs> Only talk during your turn. Why? Because it gets confusing, right? You're trying to, you're trying to describe with. The player whose with turn it is. Yeah, well, I'll give and you a hand. See? See? And then you got crosstalk. You got table talk going on. Nobody's paying attention, so they're not ready for their turn. So number two comes into play again. Be ready when it's your turn. They're, they're, they're not knowing their character because they're paying attention to everything else but what they need to be doing. They're just blabbing, and it's it's annoying. It's then, annoying. That is the game, Master, you turn on, you've taken 17 points of damage. For what? Uh, from the guy who's standing right in front of you, hitting you with a large piece of sharp metal. Where did he come from? Should have paid attention. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you weren't paying attention, so you were Snuck surprised. Up on you when <laughs> yeah. you were talking. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, because it can become confusing. And even if you're talking to another player, you may be drowning out the game master or fuddling it enough where someone who isn't even part of your conversation is missing important parts that they're trying to catch. Yeah. So it's not necessarily you are missing it or the person you're talking to is missing it. You may be making things difficult for other players who are genuinely trying to pay attention for them to hear. Yeah, so now you're repeating yourself as a DM. The player is repeating themselves. Mm. And this this scene that could have taken like a minute or two has now taken five, ten minutes because you've had to do it over and over and over and over again. It's frustrating for the player. It's frustrating for the DM, and it bogs things down unnecessarily. And it doesn't just happen once. It happens constantly and consistently. So it's two, three minutes on this encounter, and then two, three minutes there, and two, three minutes there. By the end of the evening, a good 30, 40 minutes has been wasted. Yeah, and that's 30, 40 minutes where you you could be playing and enjoying the experience of of playing. Yeah. And Which is why you're there in the first place. Yeah. It, so it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um uh, if if you know you get a phone call or something step away, right? If it's if it's important enough. There is going to be yeah. ancillary stuff that comes out, you know, and interruptions from the outside world and you you deal with them. There's no way to get around it. But having it constantly happening at the gaming table by your players is annoying as shit. Yeah, it is very. And I have in the past broken out a yardstick, screamed, shut up and hit them with it. I don't think you can do that anymore. You can't anymore, but back then, Oh yeah. I just back back then everybody got hit all the time. So we were used to it. (laughs) You know, we, (laughs) there was corporal punishment when I was in school. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yardsticks were not made to measure like in three feet 
three-foot increments. Who needs to measure in three-foot increments? Their sole purpose was to be able to hit someone hard three feet away from you <laughs> while, like, the child was trying to escape. Or, or the pointers. Or the, 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 the pointers. The, the three-foot-long pointers with a little rubber tip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those those were not used to point things out no. on the giant chalkboard. That was a rubber bullet at the end <laughs> of of the stick. It was like a miniature highlight stick. <laughs> it's like boom, quick little flick, and this thing comes rocketing across the room and ping off the top of your head. Or your mother's shoes. Oh, if you were well, out, of, out of yardstick range. Oh yeah, yardstick range. Yeah, it was a shoe. And, yep. Yep. Oh, Flip flops <laughs> can take corners. Do not <laughs> use corporal punishment on your players. No. You will, you will catch a You're no longer allowed to case. do this. You know, well, you're never allowed to. You just got away with it. But <laughs> it's not 1975 anymore. Ah, I remember that. <laughs> Bell bottoms and hip huggers. Corduroys. Yep. Marsha Brady. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. All right. Number five. I, it is number five, right? Yes, it, it is, is number just, five. That is. You want to check. Number five. Consider using spell cards. The best one. I think on this list, you know, I I first looked at it and go, who the hell needs spell cards? Just memorize the damn spells. Then I realized, I I'm one of the few idiots that do that. <laughs> it's and then I started using spell cards, going, I don't have to memorize this. Wow, this is actually I did anyways, but it, this is considerably handy. And he's I, so disappointed when he casts the spell and it doesn't happen in real life. All that time <laughs> spent studying his. Spell book, also known as the player's handbook. Uh, yeah, but spell cards, they're, they're nice. Yeah. And they're they are quick, concise. You can just pull them out. You don't have to rifle through the whole book in alphabetical order to try to find your spell. You lay them all out in front of you, especially at low levels when you only have like six. Or yeah. when you're like what I do is um, I already have them pre, pre-prepped in certain sheets. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the table, if I'm a caster, I already have all my spells in front of me, and I know which ones. I just pull them out of the... The jackets and leave them right in front of me. Yep. Really, really, really convenient and time-saving. I've seen Jared do that, yep. too, where he's got them, you know, stacked out in front of him or laid out in front of him. It's 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 a very convenient tool to have. And definitely speeds things up because you're not rifling a through the book. A whole lot, yeah. Real fast. And, and I think you're right. That's probably one of the one of the best ones here. I think, you know, don't talk, you know, during well, your that turn. One, yeah. that, you know, just, just, I want to slap somebody there. Um, consider, yeah, the spell cards are actually really, really good. Here's a bonus that Lou wants to talk Lou about. Just Lou just plugged one in. Lou, let us, Lou does that. He does. He's like, nope, this is important. So you, to we're going to have to talk about it. Yep. And therefore, therefore it is important to the both of you. Yes. Because it's important to me. It's important to you. Yeah. Well, another one that we took off from the, the DMs list is, um, using the average damage for monsters. So when you're playing a druid, or some kind of shape changer, just use the average damage. And the hit points, too. You don't have to roll nothing up in front of you. And you always have it ready. Yeah. Well, that would actually hold true if if you want to really speed things up. Instead of rolling damage, just use the average for your damage. Yeah. Yeah. For the players as well. The Game Master's already doing it for the monsters well, and for everything. As a player, you can do that, too. As When I play a druid, that's what I always do. I don't roll my damage. Yep. Just use the average. I just use the average. There is a... Well... Well, I'll ask the DM if it's okay first. If he says, yeah. Right. In my case, that's effective. Yes. Because my dice are assholes. <laughs> so if I go with I go with the average, I'm not going to have to, like, flip a table because I've rolled my seventh consecutive one. 
It works fine. When I run NPCs, that's exactly what I do. Since I never get to play, um, I'll have an NPC and I'll just I'll average out uh, their damage. I do the same thing with all the NPCs and the monsters. Yep. Uh, unless it's like during the epic battle, you know, because I like you know I'm not a screener, so I don't use the DM screen. I like rolling thing out. Everything he makes on front. a face when he says it. Like <laughs> it's a. Like it, you, like you're, you're, <laughs> like you disgust him. Yeah, like you're sacrificing children or something. <laughs> uh, I just no fly spells here. I, <laughs> I just like to be organized. And I my, get it. No, and, and, and screen- I'm not, I'm not disparaging you in at all. Screeners because you use a derogatory. Screeners, screeners, screeners a derogatory term. You're right. It is. I'm using and, it as such, but I don't hold anything against you because you use one. And we, as a population of screen users, screeners, take offense to that. So I should no longer call you a a, a Star Trek fan, uh, or should start, and, and you're not a Trekker anymore, or a Trekkie. I'm sorry, Trekker is derogatory. Trek E is is the so you're not a Trekkie anymore. Gene Roddenberry you, said the term is Trekkie. Right. If it's good enough for Gene, the all-father of Star Trek. But no, now, you, now you're just a, a Star Trek fan. <sighs> I don't want to use it in a derogatory fashion. We're not talking about Star Trek Trekkers. right now. We're talking about... Which is surprising because almost always he I, brings up... I, Star- when we you went, brought that up, I put my We head made an down. entire episode without... So I, that's why I, I threw it out there. Yeah. Just, you know. I was like, why? You're senile. <laughs> <laughs> I can't count to five. We've already proven that. <laughs> or at least in order. <laughs> He's got to be completely naked to count to 21, so that doesn't... That's why I have a huge mole on my belly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make Loopy his pants tonight. Yeah. Which All is right. not uncommon for someone his age. So. It's, normally, it's me. All right. So. <laughs> and that's five ways players can streamline combat. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.